Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sports Decaf. It's the man of the hour, Thodic Abdullah. Yo, what's up, everyone? It's your boy, Thodic Fatul. And today, you know, we're going to talk about some soccer. That's why we bring in the man today, AJ. Say what's up. What up, guys? How y'all doing? I'm glad to be here. Appreciate you guys for bringing me on. Thank you. We appreciate you coming on. So Saturday, June 1st, Champions League final. Liverpool's back in it versus Tottenham. I mean, both teams had a remarkable run, but... We're going to let AJ start it off. You know, what are your thoughts on the Champions League final, and who do you have? Look, man, the Champions League final this year it looks very, very, very close. Um, Tottenham and Liverpool, they're both really good teams. They barely play fast-paced, um, physical soccer. Um, on paper, though, we're seeing uh, Liverpool. Uh, they look very, very good. good. Good, good players. All the players are fit. And then the, um, they're ready to go. But on the other hand, Tottenham, they have their best player, Harry Kane, showing up for Saturday. He was injured for most of the season. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but they are saying it's going to be great for them. They don't. I don't think Tottenham play very well with uh, Harry Kane up top. You know, mm-hmm. he's kind of slow, gets things kind of missing about. If Liverpool play their game, should be an easy game for them. But it's also a final Um Tottenham's coach is known for uh, changing it up and being very open and fluid with his uh, tactical mm-hmm. game. So uh, Mauricio Pochettino could, uh, you know, pull out a surprise um, as long as Liverpool keep their head and, you know, they keep it like they always do. They should like probably, within their rhythm. Yeah, probably win 2-0. I, I, got it close, I got it a close game. I got it more uh, second-half scoring. I think where it's going to come at is which team can make more chances because I believe if you look at the stats, I think it was Liverpool in, in term in Tottenham compared. I think Liverpool had 172 open attack chances as to Tottenham's 180. And Tottenham had 65 shots on target. Liverpool had 54. Similar numbers, but I think it's going to come to which team can execute on the final game. And I think, you know, you've got Harry Kane, who's one of the leading scorers in the Champions League with five goals. And there's another guy on uh, Tottenham who's also got five goals. But on Liverpool's side, you've got three guys who've scored four goals. You've got Firmino, Mohamed Salah, and you've got uh, Mane. Mane. So I think they have, they have more, you know, depth in terms of scoring. But I think it's all going to come down to the second half. I think it might be a scoreless first half. You know, it's going to be more of a you know, defense-minded first half. And the second half is just going to be, you know, who can execute on the counterattack. Because both teams are phenomenal. And, I mean, we've seen we've seen the damage they can do, like Tottenham against Ajax and then the Liverpool against Barcelona, the historic comeback. I mean, Barcelona just seems to find a way to lose year after year. You but know, uh, with Liverpool, you also got to look at – Liverpool's been in the European final uh, five – this is their second time in a row. And mm-hmm. they've won the competition five times. Yeah. Tottenham, this is their first uh, first uh, year getting into a final like this for Champions League. Nobody expected them to be up there. So they're the real underdog here. Um, you know, Tottenham can really pull an upset. Their coach is very, very good at um, changing the tactics mid-game. We saw that when uh, he bought in Musa Sissoko in the, when they played Ajax. You know, they were getting overrun in the midfield. They bought some guy like Musa Sissoko from France to play in the midfield. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very physical, got the game going for Spurs, and, you know, eventually ended up winning. 
Um, same thing with uh, the formation. He changes it up every time. It's really hard uh, for teams to uh, react to what kind of formation they're going to play, what kind of game they're going to play. They could play very fast, fluid, attacking football, or they could play really, you know, uh, fast-paced, but really uh, slow. They can kind of switch the rhythm. Yeah. yeah, they switch it up all the time. Um, you know, um, that's really good about them. But the thing with Liverpool is, look, man, this is their second chance. They're about to come back. And, you know, if they win again, it's like a redemption for last year. You know, they should have oh, yeah. won last year. They messed up. They got Mohamed Salah injured. His shoulder got messed up. And they just kind of lost their head. You know, so if they don't bottle it. Yeah, you know, Liverpool Liverpool has a, has a lot on the line this yeah, game. Yeah, it's their game they, to They've lose. got more to play for. Look, I got Liverpool winning this game. If you look at the last six matchups between Liverpool and Tottenham, Liverpool won four out of six of the games. They drew one. They lost one to Tottenham. However, the last three matches have been – they looked a little closer than, than the score indicates. Other than that, Liverpool is in much better form than Tottenham. You look at throughout the season, one loss throughout the Premier League, had one of the best seasons in Premier League, even though they got second. Well, one loss, seven ties, 30 wins. They had an amazing had an amazing season. You brought up Pacino, you know, the manager for Tottenham. He's never won silverware. Uh, say, and the manager for, for Liverpool – if I'm not mistaken, three three Euro League title uh, losses in you know three straight seasons. So he he like there's pressure for both sides of the teams. Managers have to show up. They got to make the adjustments. I think I got I got Liverpool winning uh, like three to two, two one. I mean, don't quote me on that one, but I mean, I think that Liverpool is far better team. If you look at what Tottenham has done throughout the whole Champions League you know run, they've they've shown consistency of luck. You know they barely they barely squeaked through the group stage, and you know they were tied they were tied for second. And then if you look at that game with Manchester City, literally inches away from losing, and it came down to a call that historic comeback against Ajax coming down, you know scoring scoring three goals and a half, or if it was four goals and a half. I mean that's crazy. So I mean there's been a lot of luck on Tottenham's side. I think that Liverpool is the far better team. They're in far better shape. And you brought up Firmino; he's coming back for this game as well. Harry Kane, you you said it yourself. We don't know if he's going to be 100%. He's going to play, but is he going to be the, the old Harry Kane that we know him to be? I think that Liverpool has this in the bag. I think that they're the far better team. I think they're deeper. The, the way this team has been playing all season, I think this is their year. See, with Liverpool, um, they've always been riding on the thing um, of them being an underdog. Mm -hmm. So right now, every, they're heavy, heavy favorites. So they're known to bottle it. Um, they've bottled it plenty of times. They bottled it last year. They messed it up. They messed the league up last year. This year also, you know, they got a, you know, if Liverpool hadn't got those draws around uh, Christmas time, around December, January, like he got, they got, about, I think, about four or five draws on, on a row. Yeah. They would have been on, on their way winning the league. You know, like he said, yeah, they're real favorites. But see, that's the thing. They don't, I don't think they have that champion mentality yet. You know, uh, great teams like Barcelona, Real Madrid, you know, United, Bayern, they have that. That's what makes them great. Yeah, yeah, winning pedigree. You know, they have that, you know, they have that history behind them. Liverpool do, but that's from the 80s. You know, recently yeah. they've won nothing. They've won nothing since 05. So, yeah. So, being the favorites, it could be kind of, you know, looked at. Like they could be could kind be of. be a negative. Yeah, the they could thing. be yeah. messing things up. And, you know, I'm really, I, I hope, I hope that Liverpool win. You know, it's going to be a good good uh it's gonna be a good result for the brilliant soccer they're playing they've been playing brilliant brilliant soccer for a long time they they do everything right you know but all that pressure on them mm -hmm. i think it could kind of mess them up yeah i i think 
I think what's going to come down to is we're going to see a monster performance from Mohamed Salah because, I mean, he has a chance to, you know, come back this year for a dream he's worked on all his life, you know, just to get to the Champions League. You know, he got there last year, had to leave the game early. I mean, this is his year, and one can argue this is his last shot at a Champions League win. I mean, because now, you know, we're going to talk about rumors later on in the show about, you know, Eden Hazard joining Real Madrid. That that almost makes him the favorites next year. But, you know, we're going to we're gonna talk about this finals game. I think Mohamed Salah can, you know, really come in there and score two goals and maybe dish out an assist. I mean, he's going to have a monster performance. I, I think, you know, he's healthy. You know, he's looking good. You got Sadio Mane on the other hand to help him out. I mean, this Liverpool game, and then to speak in mind, their manager, Jurgen Klopp, I mean, this is third uh, Champions League final performance. He's lost the first two. And I think this is the one to really, you know, change his legacy around. And I, I think this this is going to be a nail-biter. But I think Liverpool pulls it late away, maybe 3-2, you know, last-second thriller type of thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, Jurgen Klopp, when he got into the finals, mm-hmm. the, the first time he was playing the he was playing the Bayern's machine, you know. He was playing yeah. Lewandowski, Ribery, Robin. You know, it's it was that game was almost decided when the you know before oh, the final yeah. wish even started. So we can't even say that last year it was a winnable game, you know. Uh, but you know, you, you gotta look at how your Cristiano Ronaldo. Not even not even that. You know, it's you gotta look at how your best player gets injured ten minutes in. Yeah. You know, your head drops. Everybody's kind of like, oh my God, Mohamed Salah. He got f- he had a forty goal season last year. Yeah. Forty three goals. You know, and. When in the Premier League too. I mean, yeah, that's hard, it's hard to do. It's a hard league, yeah. And then when your player just in the final just falls down and just you know starts ruins your game plan, ruins your game plan. Oh, yeah. You know, your you morality, your, down, your yeah. morale's down. Yeah, kind of kills the vibe in that locker room yeah, as well. So now they're all fit, they're ready to go. And if they don't show up today, they're gonna be abolished for the rest of their rest of their lives. They have to. This exactly. is their chance. You know, Mohamed Salah is going to be a king in Africa, in Egypt. Oh, my God. Uh, he he's he runs Egypt right He now. runs Egypt. But now he's going to be God. There's going to be nobody else. You might be right, man. The, th- the thing is about this game is that they got to win this game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like Tottenham, they have shown levels of inconsistency throughout the whole year. Their, their season has been a roller coaster. If I'm not mistaken, they finished fourth in, yeah, they finished fourth in Premier League standings. I mean, this team is a good team, but – I just don't think that they're up there with Liverpool. Like you said, Liverpool's the favorites, and they got to approach it like they're like that, like they're the underdogs. They got to come in, work hard, and this is not going to be a, this is not going to be easy. The way that Tottenham has, I I know I brought up the luck, but t- to an extent, this is a final game. Yeah. And same thing, same thing. We always bring up, you know, in the Super Bowl, there's been a lot of lot, lot of lucky instances within football, but I mean, when it comes down to that last game. It's it's basically it's basically a flip of a coin. You don't know who's gonna win that yeah. last game. So I mean, I still I think we all agree we got Liverpool winning this game. Our scores might di- might differentiate, but other than that, I think Liverpool are the clear favorites. I think they should be. Um, and I mean, other than that, I I got we got Liverpool winning this game. This is definitely gonna be a crazy game. I mean, we look at the journey to get here. You know, both of them had a miracle run. Both of these teams shouldn't be here, but you know, fortunately enough for them. They pulled it off. They got the win. But let's get into some soccer rumors. I know my boy AJ real happy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Manchester United not looking too nice, though. <laughs> yeah. They're looking a little rough. But uh, let's start off with Eden Hazard. There's been big news this morning about, you know, Real Madrid is going to put out their final bid on Hazard. And they say it's a lock. Like, they're getting him. He will be in a number seven jersey 
for Real Madrid this summer. What are your thoughts on that? So uh, Chelsea apparently uh, are about to agree a 115 million pound uh, deal with Madrid for Hazard. Hazard has always said um, he's always wanted to play under Zidane. They always wanted to play under Zidane. Um, he he's admired Zidane for the, all his career. Zidane is at Real Madrid. He wants him there. I think this is a deal for both of them. It makes sense. Chelsea kind of kind of losing out a little bit because they also have a transfer ban this season. They're trying to appeal it, you know. Um, so losing their best player and not having anybody yeah. come to replace him, Chelsea can be kind of hurt him. But Chelsea have a, you know, Chelsea have at least about thirty kids, young kids on loan. That's their how whole model how they work. You know, Chelsea buys young player, they loan him out to smaller clubs, and then they sell him for a profit. Now, you know, since you have no match, since you have no, uh, no man around you, no like a big it. man around you, you know, uh, and there's no transfers, you can't get anybody in because they're banned for financial fair play violations. They've been buying too many players without their revenue matching up. So Chelsea looking a spot of bother, bro. It looks Chelsea could go any way. You know, they can have their young players step up and go forward with it which is really unlikely. Mm -hmm. Their manager is about to leave, I think. He's about to go to Juve, Maurizio Sarri. So it's a lot of... Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of <laughs> stuff going on yeah, there. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on at Chelsea. It's definitely going to take a while to rebuild that team. I mean, especially with Hazard, who, you know, you look at the tier of players, it's Messi, Ronaldo, and then you can put Hazard right yeah. under those two. So that's, that's not a guy you just, you know, wake up overnight and replace. This is a, you know, four or five year yeah. rebuilding process. Man, Hazard gives you double digits goals and assists every se every season. Yeah. Sometimes he give you you know at least fifteen goals, fifteen assists. That's and he always shows up. Shows up, you know, always involved in the key passes. Great player. He's gonna do great for Real Madrid. It kind of looks weird with Real Madrid because they have this uh, new, uh, they have this younger left winger called Vinicius Junior, a Brazilian kid. Just he's been a little injury prone. He's been a little injury prone. He's a little young, so it's it's gonna be great for him to learn from Hazard. Hazard's a, what 27, 26, 27, I think. In his prime. In his prime, he's gonna do a couple of years with wingers like that. Once they hit thirty, they start to decline pretty fast because yeah. you rely on your pace a lot. You know your speed. Once you get up over like thirty, you start <coughs> losing it a little bit. So, uh, you know, it's a perfect time for him to move and for Real Madrid. So I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, no, I, I agree as well. I think Hazard's easily going to Real Madrid, and you just you just confirmed it with the, with your source. So I mean. You look at what Real Madrid needs. They need a goal scorer. They, I mean, Bale did not, didn't have the season that we expected him to have. He's probably out of Real Madrid as well. Benzema is not – he can't be the superstar that they need, and that's, that's what it comes down oh, to. Yeah. And, I mean, Hazard, he fits the role that, hey, we just lost Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, a top two player in the world. We got to find someone to try to replace him. I'm not saying that Hazard's going to fully replace Ronaldo or that he's better than him, but he fits the need for a superstar that Real Madrid has comfortably and all has always had throughout their history. Hazard, he's the man that they need. I think other than that, Madrid is going to be a hell of a team. Um, you look at you know what they did last season. They lost in the uh, you know round of 16 in the Champions League, and they 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 lost in the uh, you know Copa, Copa del Rey as well. So I mean, you look at what Real Madrid throughout, did throughout their season. Wasn't really impressive. Got third in La Liga standings as well. Other than that, I think Hazard is the clear-cut favorite. And he, I mean, he fits Real Madrid easily. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I think that's enough for Hazard for now. Because, you know, we want to get into some Neymar talk. Yeah. Uh, Neymar is expected to, you know, be pushed from PSG. They say Barcelona is in talks. But there really isn't any, you know, inside details of the, you know, the whole th scenario going on. 
I mean, what are your thoughts, and where do you think Neymar is going to end up next season? You know, see, nowadays in uh, world soccer, it's really hard because um, there's like a couple of clubs that are so far ahead of everybody else mm -hmm. that only they can afford a bunch of like a, the best players. You know, United, Bayern, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, those big clubs, uh, PSG. Neymar gets paid seven hundred thousand, almost seven hundred thousand a week euros that we're talking must be you know nice. what i'm saying so but that's what what 30 million a year there's not a lot of clubs that can afford that you know and with barcelona they apparently barcelona want him but barcelona got messi they got suarez they got um uh, what's it called coutinho. Uh, coutinho they have dembele they have it on big big contract dembele who they just paid a hundred million yeah. for they have a big contract they're trying to get rid of dembele i think they're trying to do a deal with dembele going to psg with a little bit of money for suarez to come i mean for neymar to come that even though neymar probably wants to come back because you know psg is france is a very easy league he's not yeah. it's not competitive it's just really hard for the financial things to go through. I think um, they Barcelona need to offload at least two, three players for them to have enough wage bill, wage uh, bill to for them to get Neymar. Be able to afford him. They're trying to get uh, Barcelona instead of Neymar to kind of cool down. They're trying to get Griezmann. But the thing is about Griezmann. Did you hear the report? Is that he, there? There apparently was a players' meeting yep. within within Barcelona, and yep. and all the players vetoed having Griezmann in because obviously we know what happened last year with the decision and you know that little documentary he made to stay in Atletico. I, I like for me, I don't see the Neymar thing happening. I think that there's too many ifs and it's it's too it's too risky. Neymar, however, he brings so much luggage with him, so much drama with him, and he wants to get out of Messi's shadow. And now he wants to come back to Barcelona after being virtually in Mbappe's shadow in PSG. I think I agree with you. France is the e is the easier league, but I think that with Neymar going to Barcelona, if, if you know, quote unquote, if he goes to Barcelona, and if you know they get if PSG gets Usman Dembele back, man, I think that Dembele would feed off Mbappe far much better than Neymar would. I oh, mean, yeah. you you look at Neymar, who who's a clear cut number one option. And in PSG, you got to realize who your number one option is. It's Mbappe. If you look at, you know, you look at what, look at the same thing with Barcelona. They know who their number, Messi is someone who can facilitate and whatnot. Mbappe is your number one option. I think, uh, you know, Dembele would, would, would work great coming off a of number two, relieve some stress, you know, relieve some goal scoring from Mbappe. I think this would be perfect. He's young. He can move. He's fast and whatnot. This is perfect for PSG. I think you you get someone out like Neymar, who's kind of a drama queen, and you, you, you get someone who's young, who's willing to work like, like Dembele. Now you have a 19-year-old slash 20-year-old in Mbappe. You got a 22-year-old in Dembele. I mean, your, your, the, your attack your is looking good. Bright, your your future is yeah. extremely bright. Cavani as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's a hell of an attack. You, you, you brought up uh, Griezmann. I think I, I really – Griezmann is someone I don't know where he's going. I, I think he's the outlier in the situation. Either he goes to Barcelona or he doesn't go anywhere, in my opinion. I think having 126 La Liga goals in the past four, five years, I mean, that's crazy. He's fourth behind Ronaldo, Messi, and Suarez. I mean, I, I, I just don't know. I, I, after the latest report, you know, with, with Barcelona players vetoing him not coming to Barcelona, I, I don't know. I mean, this guy's a winner. He took Atletico to the Champions League final. He won a World Cup. He won the Super Cup. I mean, Griezmann's a hell of a player as well. I, 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 I'm just confused about the Griezmann situation. I just feel like he's, he's wasting a lot of his prime Atletico. I think he can go somewhere where, you know, he's more up in the spotlight. I know that might be the wrong thing to say, but, I mean, but he's, number he's, one. Over, he's being overshadowed being Atletico I, in some ways. You know, you know with, with the thing with Griezmann is Griezmann's a very 
different player, mm-hmm. it's very hard for him. Um, he needs a specific set of uh, tactics to do well. I think Atletico is a team built around Griezmann. That's why he does so well. I don't know if he'll do well at Real Madrid. Real Madrid, you know, Griezmann wants a lot of the ball. He's not the fastest. He's not, you know, he's very technical, but it takes a, a particular system and a particular formation to uh, be around, be with Griezmann. That's probably another reason why Barcelona kind of weirded about, out about buying him. Yeah. And same, if the players are going to veto you, there's no way you can come in to the club knowing everybody doesn't like you already. Exactly. So you're going to have to stay at Atletico and hope for some other team to come and get you. At and, and that's the thing. You brought up how there's only <clears throat> a select few of teams throughout the whole club, you know, the whole club world that can afford Griezmann. You're right. And if Barcelona doesn't want you, at the end of the day, who's, who's going to be able to – I mean, you know, a Chelsea Chelsea is, is someone that can be brought up, but, I mean, you brought up the transfer ban. They're not going to be able to get Griezmann. You look at what – I mean, other than that, I really don't know where he's going. And same thing, I don't even know if Neymar is going to Barcelona. I mean, this is – it's a, the, the percentages for Neymar to go to Barcelona is, is extremely slim. Yeah, I agree. I mean, overall, we just have to wait and see how it plays. It's going to be a big, big – I think this is going to be a pretty big, you know, you can call it off-season for soccer. Yeah, a lot of big names are landing at big places. It's going to be huge this year. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like the NBA free agency, which you know, which you know is going to be wild in what the next three weeks it's coming up. So speaking of NBA, we're gonna go ahead and switch it. Right. Talk about some NBA basketball, and uh, Chris Paul. You know, there's been some speculation within the Houston locker room, and they said there was a dispute. You know, a week ago after the Warriors' loss and things like that. Him and Harden had their beef, but they said everything's all settled and done. But the question is, my friends, should the Houston Rockets shop Chris Paul? Hold on. Before I answer this question, I, we got to bring up the last report that happened yesterday morning. Daryl Morey is apparently in full like aggressive mode, ready to, ready to blow, almost blow up this Houston team. He said everyone on the roster is available up for trade except for James Harden virtually. I mean, now what do I, what I think he should do with Chris Paul? Um, okay, we got to be honest. Chris Paul is a 35-year-old who's making, um, who's going to be making around 40 million dollars a year, which is, which is crazy. Um, which is, is Daryl Morey's fault. I mean, no, I mean, well, Daryl, okay, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, I, I understand Chris Paul is someone who, who has the credentials, who has everything, and if you want to win a title, you got to sign your guys. Um, if I, I do blame Chris Paul on this aspect, you could have took a pay cut and you could have kept Trevor Ariza and Luke and Mute. But I mean, what Houston should do with Chris Paul, man? I mean, if if the offer is there, you got to ship him out. But you only if the offer is there. I think it's too early to blow up this Houston team. I think that you we, first of all, we don't know where KD is going. If KD goes to the Knicks, I mean, virtually the West is is wide open. I don't want to say it, it, like it, you know, it's it's a clear cut favorite that the Warriors are going to win the West, but obviously the Warriors are a worse team without Kevin Durant. Houston went to six games with you know with Golden State. I think they can make it seven without KD. I mean, the, the West is wide open. I think that it's too early for them to be blowing up this whole team. Chris Paul is old. I get that. But, I mean, he still has some mileage left. I think he's still a, a hell of a point guard. Um, what Houston should do with Chris Paul, I think you got to wait it out. I think it's a little too early. I think Kevin Durant going to New York, I think you got to give that a year. You know, if Kevin Durant goes to New York, see how the year plays out. You know, if and and, try, and the thing is, they got they're gonna have to pick right in this draft. If if they have picks, I'm not if I'm not too uh, too sure on that. But if they have the picks, you're gonna have to get a wing player, someone that's a hybrid. That's his main his main objective is to defend, and that's what they need. They need a defender and so someone someone that fills the role of what Trevor Ariza did, what Luke Mbamute did. Other than that, I think they gotta wait it out. I think Dale Moore is pushing it. 
You don't know what's going to happen this free agency. Obviously, you're not going to be <clears throat> chess players within this free agency. You have literally no money. But wait to see what teams do. Wait to see who the Clippers get. Wait to see what the what happens within the Warriors organization. Does Boogie stay? What happens? You know, you got to be patient on this. Who do the Lakers get? If I'm Houston, I got to play my chips correctly. I got to wait this out, see what happens, and then I'll see what I do with Chris Paul. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about, you know, his contract real quick. I mean, the man's just projected to be the second highest paid player in the league next year. And, you know, he's going to be at the age of 35 years old. Does he deserve that money? Hell no. All right. First of all, Chris Paul is getting paid too much money for, you know, for a guy who's out of his prime and who, you know, seems to never be able to complete a playoff <coughs> series. And that's usually what causes his team, you know, the win. But why I think Houston needs to trade him, and I think – if they're not going to trade him before free agency, you know, you might as well keep him because this is the biggest free agency in NBA history. I mean, you've got a lot of big names. There's a lot of guys that wouldn't mind going to Houston, but they just don't have the cap space. I mean, you look at Jimmy Butler. I mean, Patrick Beverly wouldn't mind coming back. I mean, there's just a handful of guys. Chris Middleton, you can possibly be able to steal from Milwaukee. You know, he's a Texas native. Chris Middleton and Patrick Beverly aren't better than Chris Paul. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, you can you can grab both of those guys and replace Chris. But Paul. the thing is about just Chris Paul, he's ma- okay. Yeah, he's making 35 mil, but we got to think about it like this: what team can what teams in the NBA can really take on that salary for virtually nothing? And that's the thing: yeah. if if you're going to be trading Chris Paul, you're going to have to give up 18 or 20 mil in caps in, in in a salary back. I don't know if any team wants to do that. I mean, obviously the 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 team that we got to circle in terms of. Trading for Chris Paul's Los Angeles Lakers. They have two max slots. Yeah. I don't know if they would give up any any I know they would have to give up probably Lonzo Ball. I think I think that's someone they'd have to give up. A point guard for a point guard, you take But I just don't know if they'd do it for Chris Paul. And I don't I don't know if they should do it for Chris Paul. I that's mean, the thing. Yeah, Chris Paul is thirty four, like you said. Yeah. Who, who's who's taking him? You know, maybe the Celtics, you know? Well, uh maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, Celtics are in a, a situation. They're yeah, messed they, up too. It's 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 if you run like it's gonna be a scrub team, maybe like a you know, not you know, too much of a scrub. Maybe like a Detroit. Who the find Celtics? A way to get rid of? No, no, I'm talking about Houston. Chris Houston trading Chris Paul. Maybe Detroit gets rid of Reggie Jackson, brings in Chris Paul, eats up the. Because I mean, that's a. But then again, Blake Griffin and him have you know their drama disagreements. Uh, it's I just, I feel like finding a team that's willing to be dumb enough for the Houston Rockets. That should be their offseason plan. I mean, get rid of Chris Paul. You do not want that contract. I don't even think you want him at this point. I mean, you can bring in two, three, you know, solid guys, pay him around, you know, twelve to fifteen million dollar range, and I mean, at that point, you're a championship contending team. So I just feel like you know they lost too much depth on that team in Bob Mute and Trevor Ariza, that they're sitting in the bubble. Chris Paul's not getting better. I mean, he's he's definitely you know shying away. He, he's out of his prime at this point. I mean, he's still a phenomenal basketball player. I believe he's given you what seventeen and seven this season. I mean, those are good numbers, but those are just not forty million dollars a year numbers. And I don't think, I don't think he has enough in the tank to put him over the edge to compete for an NBA. The finals. thing is, we don't like. The thing is, we just do not know. KD being on the Warriors roster, he the balance was shifted heavily in their favors. I just think it's too early. Chris Paul can still give you seventeen and eight. I still think Chris Paul, when healthy can give you 17 and 10 on in a, in, a, in a season. I really do feel like that. I think Chris Paul, I think you're I think you're you're underrating him a lot. I think that he's obviously getting overpaid. He's he's 34, 35 years old. He never won a ring. Okay, you can bring that up. But if you look at pure point guards in the league, 
Chris Paul is up there. I mean, he's he's oh, he, yeah. career he's, wise, yeah. No, no, not even career. I'm talking about right now. You look at pure point guards in the league. He's a top three pure point guard. Someone who's going to facilitate. He can defend. He can pass. He can shoot. No real weakness in this game. And, and and the only weakness is that he's six foot, six foot flat, and that he's injury prone. That's it. Yeah. What other weak? Can he dribble? Yes. Can he shoot? Every he can do everything on the floor. He's a pure point guard. He's smart. What not? He's a he's a leader. I don't know if Houston should should should. Want to trade him this this fast? I think you got to be patient with the whole thing. I mean, other than that, I the, this situation with Chris Paul, he's not going nowhere. I'm telling you right now. The thing is, if Chris Paul was making 15 a year, he'd be going somewhere. But he's making 35 million dollars yeah. a year, and that's that's about to make 44, I believe, his final it, year. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the thing with being a, a highly paid superstar in the league. There's not a, there's not a lot of teams that can take on that salary. Yeah, but I I just feel like you know. With this free agency, I'd try to ship him early, you know, because if they ship him out, and I mean, Jimmy Butler's looking at that Houston team like now, you know, I joined that team. Maybe you bring in a Jimmy Butler, you have a little bit more cap space, you bring in a Patrick Beverly. I mean, you can't tell me this isn't the best team in basketball at this point. I mean, you got Jimmy Butler, you bring in Patrick Beverly, then you've got, you know, Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker. It's cool It's cool to think. I mean, I mean it's a realistic. That's the it's thing. realistic if you can move Chris Paul. Yeah. And, and it, it's definitely possible to do it because we've seen a lot of there's dumb all, there's, things happen. There's in only NBA. a few suitors for Chris Paul. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's but like, there's a lot of dumb, dumb decision it, making. And I feel like I feel like they can pull it off. So do you think you think you think getting Chris Paul is stupid? Do you think it's a dumb decision for for another team? Yeah, because a competitive a competitor I, I a competing team is not is I think, not gonna okay, look, bid in and buy into this. I think talk. I think I, I I know you're dying to talk. My nah, bad, bro. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but I think if the Lakers can give up a young player, yeah, and then maybe a potential pick, I think that's I think you do that does justice. I think if you give up, uh, I wouldn't give up Lonzo. I think there's still a lot of hope for Lonzo. But if I'm if I'm the Lakers, I mean. Potentially giving up Brandon Ingram a pick or two, and you getting Chris Paul back. I mean, number one, you got the point guard that that can play with LeBron James. He he's a solidified leader. He'll show up in the playoffs. And I love what Toronto did with with Kawhi Leonard. Load management. I'm so, that's what needs to happen with Chris Paul. Screw screw the accolades. You need to be playing 55 games a season. You need to be playing 50 games a season. Rest. We need you to come in the playoffs. And, I mean, that's that's been a whole thing with him and throughout his whole career. He's been injured almost every single – this was the first playoff series he hasn't been injured in almost four or five years. And that's because it was the second round. I mean, and that, that's and the he case. looked injured later during this. Game six, he, I was like, all right, I don't know if he got another series in him. And, and like, the thing is about Chris Paul, he's been playing so much in the regular season, you got to give him load management, especially yeah. he's 34 years old. I mean, if I'm the Lakers, I'll take that risk on him. I think you get someone who's – who. Who is an all-star? I think he still is an all-star, all-star caliber player. You'll still have that max slot waiting for you. I, th- I think the Lakers can. I think they're 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 a suitor that can be, that can be targeted for Chris Paul. I think the Knicks are someone as well. But I mean, nowadays we but, always throw around those teams: Lakers, Knicks, Celtics. But when it comes to Lakers, we all know who they're going for at point guard. It's Kyrie Irving, and I think. And I'd rather have Kyrie than Chris yeah, Paul. I, I think it's almost a given. Kyrie's going to L.A. I think we, you know, we we can pretty much confirm it unless something goes wrong, you know, something happens. Danny Ainge, you know, pulls off a miracle and convinces Kyrie to stay, or Kyrie, you know, just chooses to go back home and play for the New York Knicks or Brooklyn Nets. I think that's. I mean, he has four scenarios, you know. I think but, there's three, but I think it's ones. more leaning towards L.A. But overall, if I'm the Lakers, I wouldn't make a push towards Chris Paul. That's that's still just too much cap space you're filling up. 
I mean, he can have a phenomenal one year, but you know, you, you don't know if he's going to have another two after that in him. But I, I just feel like, you know, with Houston, it's, you know, just ship him wherever. I mean, at this point, I mean, ship him to whoever is willing to pick up that contract. Why not? Why not? You know, why can't you see him at a team like uh, Timberwolves, you know? Get rid of uh, Teague, get rid of, what is that guy? The center guy, what's his name? Uh, George Dang, whatever his name is. Oh, uh, George Dang. George Dang. Get rid of them, you know? Team like uh, Wolves about to be, in the, you know, next year probably be a contender for playoffs. Get someone like CP3 experience, how he said. About to lose D, uh, they're about to lose D Rose as well. About to D Rose, keep, uh, you know, make sure, uh, like he said, keep the load off of him. You know, I, I could see that, but I just feel like, you know, with Chris Paul, he's had a lot of, you know, locker room problems throughout his career. I think, you know, he he's been a locker room issue from ex players, you know, speaking upon him. I don't want to get deep into the drama. But my boy over here. There's a lot of biasism in this. Little a lot of biasism, but you know, I heard what I heard. All right, I heard what I heard. I'm I'm not gonna judge the guy, but I'm just saying off of what I heard. And I think with the Timberwolves, you know, already having to ship Jimmy Butler out, you know, for his problems, you know, demanding out. You know, he had his dispute with Carnthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. I don't think you want to bring in a guy like Chris Paul. I think it'll bring too much issues, and you could possibly end up. You know, Carthy Towns, you know, forcing his way out of Minnesota, who I think is not the way to go. And I, I think, you know, we're going to have a show where, you know, I'm going to talk about Carthy Towns, you know, maybe being that guy you want to start your franchise around. But today's not the day for all that. My I, don't, boy. I don't I don't think Butler is a problem. I think he's just a winner. Yeah, yeah I, I agree, too. That's I think facts. Butler's a winner. Hey, that's he's, that's he's, facts. He's that's winner. facts. I, I also said that on the last show. I said Butler was in the right for that. But I think if you bring in Chris Paul, you've got – Two young guys like Andrew Wiggins and Towns, they're not mature enough. They need to step up. Yeah, but I, I just feel like, you know, the maturity's not there. Yeah. And bringing a guy like Chris Paul, you know, around two immature players will force a guy like Carthony Towns to say, you know, I want out of Minnesota. And I think that's what Minnesota doesn't want to put themselves into. Yeah. So it's, it's more of a maturity issue rather than, you know. Yeah, no, but you, you, are, you are talking about a team that um – that want that you know potentially shipping out someone. Carnegie Towns might want to leave. Let's talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, obviously AD wants to leave, and this is a, just a little broad question. What should the Pelicans do with Anthony Davis? What should be their number one go-to scenario that they should do with Anthony Davis? All right, so let me tell you what they should do. This should be the only scenario that they do with Anthony Davis. You ship him to Boston. It's in the East. It's not you know a rival team. It's not a competing team in terms of you know being in the West. You know, you you can possibly steal away Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I think that's all you should go for. You shouldn't be too worried about draft picks and, you know, having an eight-for-one trade, things like that, or shipping away a Drew Holiday with Anthony Davis. I feel like just ship away Anthony Davis, get Jason Tatum, get Jalen Brown, or maybe, you know, try to steal a first-round pick out of that trade. I feel like, you know, you look at the young core, you're going to draft Zion Williamson, then you surround them with Jason Tatum at, you know, the shooting guard. You know, you can put him at the shooting guard position. Jalen Brown, small forward. You know, you can flop between that. Then you got uh, Zion Williamson at the four. And, you know, maybe Jaleel Okafor at the five. I mean, I don't know who their center is at this point. But I feel like you got a nice team. Then you've got Alfred Payton coming off the bench. You've got Frank Jackson who showed potential. That team is not that team is a that team that is an eleven few, seed. No, no. That team is an eleven seed. This is not a one year thing. I feel like you can build a dynasty around those group of guys. Around no the big one, three, yeah. 
No one has seen, you know, the limit for Jason Tatum. No one has seen what he can do when he's getting 17, 18 shots a night. No one has seen, you know, Jalen Brown, what he can do when he's, a, you know, your designated starter, you know, not being swapped into a rotation. I mean, no one has seen what Zion Williamson has, can do in the NBA. So this team can, you know, be what the Minnesota Timberwolves could have been had they not have traded Chris Dunn, could have had a Laurie Markkinen, could have had Zach Levine on that roster. I mean, this team would be, you know, a fifth, sixth seed next season. You know, a competitive team three, four years from now. And I think, you know, the New Orleans Pelicans, if they can make that trade, I mean, the future is bright. What the New Orleans Pelicans should do, number one top scenario, come on, guys. you got to sign Anthony Davis back. I thought this is clear cut. I mean, Anthony yeah, Davis, that, that should be that should be realistic. Be your, but the question was, what should what should they do? If you're that's your number one scenario, number one choice, you got to sign the man back. Try to sign him back. Anthony Davis is a top five player in the league. Um, you can really flip flop him in in that number five spot. But the way he plays, he's a defensive player type of year type of dude, double double machine. Anthony Davis is a generational talent. He can guard literally one through five. And, uh, that and I'm saying that a little lightly. I'm, I'm say talking two through five. I'm, I'm no. I'm talking if there's ten seconds left on the shot clock. Anthony Davis guarding your point guard. You can feel a little, a, a little, a little comfortable compared to a Clint Capella or a DeAndre Jordan of whatnot. But Anthony Davis, I mean, he's a generational talent. I think you got to resign the guy first. And and obviously for the basketball reasons, he brought him into the playoffs. He, you know, they swept the Portland Trailblazers last year. But just in a financial in a financial standpoint. If you if you're able to keep Anthony Davis, who's generating you a lot of money, now you got Zion Williamson, who's generating you a lot of money. Ticket sales, attendance rate is gonna go up. I mean, that's a duo that we got to be looking up for. I mean, the, the that front court for the New Orleans Pelicans would be dangerous, and it would be high flying. So I mean, obviously, I like the trade packages for AD. I think that Boston gives a good trade package, but I don't see them doing a trade package unless Kyrie is staying. I don't see them giving up. I don't see I don't see them giving up their whole young core for Anthony Davis because who is Anthony Davis going to have with him? Who's going to be his supporting cast? But I think if they make that trade, Kyrie can you know rethink his thought process. Yeah, and, and be it, like you know maybe I will team up. And the thing Anthony is about Davis. Boston, they're going to have to get reassurance from Kyrie if they make this trade for Anthony Davis. Um, I think that they're the clear cut favorites to get AD. I, it's them in New York. I think it's a team in the East. I think I like what New York can actually bring to the table, bringing up the number three pick, which is probably going to be R.J. Barrett. Um, you know, bringing in Mitchell Robinson, who you know, hey, one of the been best. Some talks. They what? might change their number three. They're I mean, having a workout with uh, Cam Reddish. And I, they they want they want to see him up in person. That would be foolish. It'd be foolish, but it'd be a high risk type of thing. I mean, but w- that can lead to a high reward. But, but if I'm the New York Knicks, yeah, yeah I'm drafting. I'm RJ taking a safe but pick. New York, New York, taking the yeah. safe pick. I mean, R.J. Barrett. Exactly. And and I I keep going back to this quote. If someone told me today that R.J. Barrett would end up retiring as a five, six-time All-Star, I would not be surprised. Oh, I w- yeah, if, if someone says, you know, at the end of R.J. Barrett's career, he'll be a six-time All-Star, I'd be like, yeah, you know, you know, that makes sense. He, I think he can be an MVP candidate at one point in his career. That's not a, that's, that's, <laughs> that's that not maybe a, above and beyond? Yeah. That, just that a little going maybe. overboard? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, you know what? That's what the man of the hour does. I don't know. All right. Hey, I don't know who uh, Anthony Davis, I mean – Boston, 
why would you know why would AD go there if Kyrie's already leaving? You know, it's the same old stuff. Like you said, I think New York looks like a better option. Maybe kind of get some uh, with the draft, get a deal KD's going. KD's probably landing there. Yeah, KD's probably landing there. That'd so. be a nice team, New York. You, you know? got you're gonna have you know possibly KD is almost a lock. You could they could end up with KD, AD, and Kyrie. Yeah, that's. R.J. Barrett, don't forget. Oh, well, they probably right, have, they're to gonna ship have to ship that, that, yeah. Yeah. ship that number three pick. But, man, that, that'd be a nice team. That, that'd, that'd be, be the best team. Probably probably the best starting lineup in how Yeah, long. but knowing the Knicks front office, I don't know. Yeah, no, knowing the Knicks front office and just ownership in yeah, general. I just don't, you just thing, don't know. The thing is about Steve Mills and Scott Perry is that they are new GMs or new executives. They've been doing a, actually, they've been doing a great job with the New York Knicks. James Dolan, as the owner, has been doing yeah. a horrible yeah. job as the Knicks. It's, it's the Dolan. It, 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 it's it's Dolan. It's Dolan. But I think if if Scott Perry, and and you know uh, and, and Patty Mill, whatever uh, they can make, if they can make a deal for Anthony Davis and get a superstar free agent, New York Knicks is finally on the. They're finally on the map, and that's yeah. what they. That's what needs to happen. There's so many trade scenarios for Anthony Davis. But back to the point. If I'm the New Orleans Pelicans, number one option. You gotta you gotta try to you gotta keep your guy. You gotta keep your guy, Anthony Davis. I think if having Zion Williamson is an attractive little you know little way that you can kind of make him stay, saying hey you know we got Zion Williamson now, who's probably gonna you know end up being a top top tier athlete, top tier player in the league. I mean now it's just y'all two. We got y'all two riding the boat, but the thing is about Zion Williamson, he's young. Anthony yeah. Davis is in a win now situation. He's, but he's not I, getting Anthony any Davis younger. is still what twenty five years tw- old. He's twenty five years old, but if Anthony Davis cannot wait five years for Zion Williamson, he cannot. He, that that's what it comes. You cannot wait five years. You can't wait five, but I think I think with Zion, you need you know two years. Th- but the thing, I, I, th- I think he's got time. Are the Pelicans going to be a title contender in two years realistically? No, no, I don't no. think so. With Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson, no. And yeah, I, that's why I think the best fit for and, them and, is and, to and, ship him out. Boston, bring in a young core because I mean, realistically, that that's that's well, the right thing to do. Well, the thing is, if if thing is about for for the Pelicans that if you ship out Anthony Davis, there's so much more than basketball to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you're going to be a far worse team, no matter what anyone says. You you trade him to Boston, that team is worse for the next two years. Point for the next, you know, for the for the future, they're good. For the next two years, they're horrible. Yeah. And then uh, and then obviously with the with the sales and whatnot, what Anthony Davis brings to the table, what he brings to a franchise, what he brings to a team, he's generational. And I mean that's what it comes down to. If this was a Jimmy Butler that you brought up, I think he would have been shipped out. I think if this was a Chris Paul that was in the same instance, he would have yeah. been shipped out. It's not easy that you just It's not easy to, to ship out on. a seven footer or a six eleven dude that can literally do every single thing on the floor and he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. I mean I if I'm the Pelicans, you got to keep this type of dude. You're a small market team. You'll never get someone like this in free agency. I think this this is the best player they've probably ever had in the New Orleans franchise. I mean, other than that, I think you got to keep AD. I, I I understand what you're saying with the with the uh, trading the assets to Boston and whatnot. I think that should be their number two scenario. You know, if Anthony Davis is is clear cut on leaving, and keep in mind David Griffin, David Griffin and uh, Anthony Davis they met in Los Angeles the other day, and it still seems like Anthony Davis wants to leave, but. If Anthony Davis too wants to leave, that's it. You got to ship him out. Yeah. See, and I, I feel like that's where it's leaning to. So you don't you don't want to screw up your chances. And I feel like you know you want to make the move early because if Kyrie announces he's leaving, that's it. That trade's over. You're not bringing in Tatum in this. So you want to let Boston know, hey, you know he's open for trade. You know probably you know let Kyrie know, hey, we're gonna make a move for Anthony Davis. Are you in or are you out? And kind of you know you know get the green light. And I feel like they've got to do it now 
or, or that chance they're gonna lose that chance. And I mean, I don't I don't know if you you don't you don't want to ship him to L.A. because you know then he's in the West. You want to ship him out of the East, and I feel like the only landing spot for him would be the Boston Celtics. Fair enough. I mean, I like I like what or, the New York Knicks can bring as well. I or think possibly trade with the Knicks. Try to get that number three pick. Yeah. Team up R.J. and Zion that's together. That's what I would do. That, and that's the thing. That's that's what they would have to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, that'd be their last option. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, we got to be honest. Lakers give them the best best package, in my opinion. I think giving up the whole young core with the number four pick, I think I think that's that's a great deal. But like when, once you said again, they're in the West, so I think I don't know. I'm more leaning towards Boston, just because you know he's out of the West. And then you know you know you don't want to team up AD with LeBron. But but, but you're, so, so you're telling that's, me it, that's so just something I don't want to see is AD and LeBron. That's it, a deadly. No, you're deal. right. You're right. But if but the way that the, like the Lakers can give up Kyle Kuzma, who's designated himself as a number three option, like this guy is going to be an All Star. Kyle yeah. Kuzma will be an All Star. Lonzo Ball will be special. I think he's still a really solid player. Brandon Ingram as well. I know that there's blood clots going on, but if these guys can play pretty well throughout the regular season, if if the trade doesn't happen throughout the off season. But if they can show, you know, some type of trade value with the number four pick, I mean, I I, I don't know, man. I, and, and with Josh Hart and whatnot, I think this team – there's a bunch of trade packages, but I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's Sports Decaf. We want to thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate the soccer man coming thank on. Thank you, bro. My appreciate boy, AJ. It. Any, any wise words for the viewers out there? No, nah, man, just take it easy. You know, enjoy the hustle, make some money. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. See, he I thinks like I, me. I knew I liked this guy. <laughs> All right. We out.